0: Hello and welcome to episode 38 of How- Real Life Ghost Stories.
1: How you do? First
0: off, we would like to thank our gorgeous new Patreon subscribers. We would like to thank Heidi O.
1: Stephen Evans.
0: Kyle King.
1: Mandy Brighton.
0: Michelle Schnepp.
1: Holly Lisenba. <laughs> Lisenba.
0: <laughs> well, I hate when we get to this point where we start Lisenberg. struggling with the surnames. Alicia Ricard.
1: Kathleen Barrett. Alison. Samantha Avila.
0: Liam Scott.
1: Alexa Denson.
0: And Nicole W. Guerrera. Thank you all so much for your pledges. We are eternally grateful for your we generosity. Are and astounded by the fact that you would give your hard earned cash to us on a weekly basis. Yes, it's very weekly? kind of you. Monthly? Monthly. Monthly. Don't
1: think anybody gives us weekly money. Nobody gives us <laughs> weekly money.
0: Our review this week. Are you ready?
1: Dun, 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 dun.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your hats because this one might be a bit controversial. Our review this week is Midsummer. Now, Midsummer was released in 2019. It has 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb and 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, so not too shabby. Would you like a synopsis?
1: I would love a synopsis, please.
0: With their relationship in trouble, a young American couple travel to a Swedish midsummer festival where a seemingly pastoral paradise transforms into a sinister, dread-soaked nightmare as the locals reveal their terrifying agenda. What were your thoughts on this film?
1: I think I was a little bit disappointed. Why? (sighs) I think I was expecting him to do more with it and for it to be more scary and a little bit more sinister and not quite as predictable as it was.
0: So what were the good bits about this film for you?
1: The way it was shot, it was beautifully shot. The way it was edited, it was beautifully edited. The soundscape, as with Hereditary, was freaky. I liked the concept of it. I thought there were some elements of the story that I quite enjoyed. It just wasn't as good as I was expecting it to be. Maybe I over-anticipated how good it was going to be.
0: We're not going to give any spoilers in this review because there's going to be so many of you who who are really looking forward to it and really wanting to see it, but I fucking hated this film. I am so angry about this film. Like when we left the cinema, I was like, I'm writing to Ari because he's ruined your birthday. <laughs> that's it. He has ruined your birthday. You might not think that, but I think that. Okay. Okay. And that's, and that's what's, what's important.
1: important. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: I thought it was really self-indulgent. I actually thought it was really boring. It was too drawn out. Everything that happened could have been condensed into an hour and a half. I didn't think it was scary. I don't think it's really a horror film. And maybe there's elements of folk horror that I don't get. Maybe it's too arty. Maybe I don't get it. But I just didn't think it was a good film.
1: I didn't think it was arty, really. I mean, it was be- it's beautifully shot. I thought the story was quite predictable. Like everything happened that I was expecting it to happen. Really, mm. I didn't feel like there was a point where I was like, "Oh my, is that what they're doing?" No, like it's been pitched as what it is. Like you, you know where it's going with it.
0: I sort of thought as well that there were a lot of elements of it that were done for shock value that didn't fit into the pagan midsummer theme.
1: Oh, well, that's an interesting take.
0: So, I mean, I don't know anything about paganism. Yeah in terms of, like, that Swedish Midsummer Festival. I'm sure he did loads of research. But to me, it felt like there was lots of stuff in it that wasn't actually relevant to the idea of a pagan festival. So, for example, the oracle with special needs. That was that—that that was never explored. It wasn't really explained. It seemed to be just there for shock value, despite it being a massive part of the trailer. Yeah. And that frustrates me about films like this. If you can take all the best bits out of a film and put them in a trailer and then not have anything else to work with in the actual film itself, that is really worrying.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not as I'm not as hateful as you towards this. I think um, because I, I was just, so
0: excited about it. I, I feel, really was excited.
1: I described it yesterday as a bit like visually watching him having a wank in a mirror. I felt uh, like uh, that's it, what it was. It, it- <laughs> I felt like he's I felt like this movie is him is the equivalent is the movie equivalent of him, him wanking to himself
0: yeah I think it's really self indulgent mm. and he should have been reined in and he it's wasn't it's a
1: little bit like the 15 minutes of hereditary that nobody really liked the end the last scale, 15 minutes full scale film
0: so what I did like about it because I, I otherwise I'll just be really negative and you know what if you I think this film is going to be really polarising and I think there's going to be some people who go and see it who are going to be like it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen but I just didn't I didn't get it I didn't feel unsettled by it I actually was really bored throughout throughout the whole film but anyway I really liked the portrayal of what it's like to take magic mushrooms Now, I am not cool enough to have ever taken magic mushrooms.
1: Doing drugs is not cool. Doing drugs isn't cool.
0: So I've never taken magic mushrooms. So I don't know what it would feel like. But the visual representation of what they were feeling, I thought was really cool.
1: To the point where you had to ask me whether some of the stuff you were seeing was actually happening. Yeah, midway
0: through, I was like, can you see that? Like, is that just me? But it wasn't just me, luckily, because I thought I was having a stroke briefly during the film. (laughs) The other thing I really liked was that it was visually very, very appealing. It was beautiful to look at. the The heroine of the piece spent most of the film in tracky bottoms and a baggy T shirt, which mm. I liked because it's not really common for horror films. And her boyfriend was an absolute dick.
1: Yeah, I was going to say you got to give him credit for writing that part because he was that part
0: was brilliantly written,
1: detestable in every way,
0: and not overtly no. horrible. It was the little things that he did that just made me want to dive into the screen and punch him full force in the face repeatedly there was one other bit in the film that I am going to talk about okay? because I think we need oh, to oh yeah
1: we do need to talk about this
0: so during the film there is a sex scene I'm not going to tell you who it's between that's irrelevant but in this sex scene there are two people a man and a woman having sex and standing around this man and woman are a load of naked women of varying ages and body sizes which in itself
1: is is, is mental but irrelevant
0: mental yep yeah. but anyway that's, that's happening Every time the girl moans or the man moans, the women that are all standing around naked watching start this like musical harmony with their moaning which slayed me. I was like, why is nobody else laughing at this? And then
1: the icing on the cake. Please don't use that phrase.
0: Please also don't use that phrase. It's a little bit sickening. This old (sighs) naked woman got behind the man while he was having sex and started pushing his bum to help him with the sex movement I don't really know what and I was like why is nobody laughing this is so ridiculous I didn't oh it was just, oh god yeah I, I don't know so what would you give this film out of five?
1: Three, three. Mm.
0: sorry are you me
1: yes <laughs> I didn't hate it enough to give it less than half and I didn't like it enough to give it any more than the three so fair enough it's just—I feel like the studio just gave him too much free rein off the basis of what the success hereditary was, and they should have actually reined him in a little bit. I'm going to
0: give it two.
1: That's more than I thought you were going to give it
0: out of five. Because he, I can't take away the fact that it's beautiful, mm. and I can't take away the fact that it's original. It's something new again in the horror genre, but it's not that good. So I'm gonna go for two. I'm gonna go for two, and you're gonna go for three.
1: Yeah, fair. I think I've, I think part of the feelings is probably too high expectations going into it. I think.
0: Yeah, me. I think we probably did because I loved Hereditary. I still
1: think he's he's got. I th- I still think he's gonna create a whole branch of or open up a new branch of horror that's been done genre. in the past.
0: Or a new subgenre, maybe.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's there. It's been there originally, like as everybody last night was saying about the Wicker Man comparisons.
0: Yeah, so I've never seen Wicker Man, so I can't make Wicker it's Man comparisons. It, the remake. So, <laughs> the remake with Nicolas Cage. Apparently that's awful. Yeah, it was up there. But, yeah, so I don't really know. I mean, was, wasn't wasn't for me, hmm. but maybe I just didn't get it. Maybe I missed something. So hmm. please actually genuinely do let us know what you thought of this film. Yeah, let's start I'm... a dialogue
1: about it because there's stuff I want to talk about, but which we can't because I don't want to spoil it because it's too new.
0: Yeah, I'm curious about what other people think of it when they go to see it.
1: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally
0: online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
1: Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. I'm never really ready for these because they, I just don't like them. And it's not that I don't like them. I just don't like how I feel after them.
0: Oh, interesting. Because I don't know how much you're going to like this.
1: No, thanks.
0: Because guess what? Oh, is it dolls? No, no.
1: Oh, okay. We're good.
0: Freddy's back.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, but Freddy was all right, really. It's just a friendly white guy. <laughs> a
0: friendly white <laughs> guy? That came out guy. wrong.
1: That came out wrong. Well, I don't know what that means. He's just a friendly little monster, isn't he? A, big friendly, a friendly big monster. Yeah. Friendly he's Big looking Monster. After the little girl. Don't need. The go, not the little
0: go. Don't girl. need friendly big monster in my life. Equally, don't need Freddy, but he's back. Because everybody was so interested in Freddy that they were like, we need updates on this story. And Susan was posting in the Facebook group and she said, actually, I have loads more stories about Freddy. And people were like, we need to know. So she wrote them down for us.
1: Thanks, Susan. Are you ready? Hmm.
0: In episode 35, it was made clear that I lived within a haunted house and was followed by a fairly nightmarish spindly creature that poked my dreams. I'd named Frederick in honour of Freddy from the films. Yet those are not the only stories I have to offer. Let us start with a tiny tale as a warm-up. This took place at night back in my late teens, close to my early 20s, when a friend and I decided to go for a late-night drive as what became the norm after obtaining my licence. On this night, we had ended up at an elementary school that resided on top of a hill. The hillside itself was the parking lot for the school. Along the street and dotting its way up through the parking lot to the building were soft yellow-lit street lamps. Now The elementary school was fairly small and the playground was off to its left-hand side, bleeding into the back of the school. Wanting to play, we parked in the spot on top of the hill closest to the playground and proceeded to enjoy the swings nearby while conversing. As we spoke, though, my friend paused and looked around, staring at something in the distance. When I followed her gaze, I watched the streetlights near the entry of the school parking lot flick off and remain off. A few seconds later, the one in its path leading up to the parking lot also blinked off. And thus the chain reaction of lights turning off, tracing all through the lot like a domino effect, leading up to the last three lights before the one near us and the car. We, of course, flipped our shit, got back in the car as the final light switched off, plunging us into darkness. Yet as soon as I turned the key, all the lights turned on at once. Needless to say, we said fuck it and got out of there. Never did a visit to that elementary school again. Was it paranormal? I haven't a clue. But it was freaky for sure. So I'm going to pause there for a second. Because that's only one story of a couple that we have to get through from Susan. What are your... What's your thinking behind that story?
1: Power outage.
0: For each individual... <laughs> for each individual <laughs> light.
1: Yeah. So it's a circuit breaker failure. Um. No, uh, I... I, you know that stuff happens to me all the time I can't really explain it and it's a bit weird
0: how do you feel about it because I've actually witnessed this happen to you I always thought you were exaggerating (laughs) and then we were walking home one night and all of the streetlights going up through the high street of Canterbury and up to our house kept flicking off when Dan walked under them and then as he was like you know a good 10 feet away they'd flick back on again and I was like oh my (laughs) god why is this happening so what is your what is your feeling about it when it happens to you
1: I don't know uh, I've kind of just got used to it now where it's really boring
0: um, <laughs> boring
1: <laughs> but it's yeah it was odd the first time it happened I was like oh that's that's weird and then it happened again I was like oh that's not a coincidence and then it happened another time and I was like okay this happens a lot and now it's just like something that happens to me how um,
0: often do you think it happens Like not every it?
1: time not every time more frequent than it just being like dodgy lights And you saw it firsthand, didn't you? I I watched. I if if I hadn't witnessed it, I definitely would
0: not believe you. Yeah, like it resulted in me like running up to streetlights before Dan to see if it was me. It's not me. Raiden really wanted it to be me, but apparently, like people have spoken about this to us on our Instagram page, and apparently, it's to do with or some people believe that it's to do with energy and how you're in, and that like really strong people with really strong energy can make that happen without controlling it
1: weird it's very weird it always reminds me of that scene in constantine when he's in the street and all the oh i know the lights go off one by one yeah.
0: yeah i love that film i know yeah. it's a terrible film but i love it no i don't
1: think it is a terrible film i like it we should the comic's really good it's creepy it's really creepy and i think it is paranormal when it goes off like that when you can't be explained by a simple electricity but like if it all went off at once.
0: Oh yeah, you'd say you oh, there's, power, write, out well, yeah,
1: there's power outage yeah, And you'd probably still be frightened broken. because yeah. being
0: plunged into darkness isn't nice for anybody, but I wouldn't be like, oh, it's definitely paranormal, let's get out of here. Yeah,
1: but it's just that one by one thing, isn't it? It's a bit weird.
0: It kind of gives the impression that something is moving towards you, that something mm. like you is walking under those street lamps. Yeah, it Can wasn't imagine... me. No,
1: just by the way, I just want to flag that I wasn't there.
0: Can you imagine in a parallel universe, if there was another person like walking home, and you're causing the street lamps to go off in this universe Then in a parallel universe all the street lamps are going off one by one and people are like oh my god it's definitely haunted and it's actually just you walking yeah. off from town in another universe
1: that's weird that's how a weird is thing. that yeah that is a weird thing to think about are you yeah. ready for another story unsettling though isn't it it's unsettling it is unsettling
0: well anything to do with putting you in darkness I think mm. is unsettling because darkness just always feels so unsafe
1: yeah
0: in general yes are you ready for story number two yeah. well it's still from Susan yeah. but it's story number two Now that that tiny tale has been shared, let us get into a truly freaky experience. This story begins with the history of vampires. Their history has been written throughout the ages of varying degrees and tales, yet they all have the same attributes. Live in the darkness, immortal, drink blood to sustain their own life. There's always been the question that I've pondered. If the majority of cryptids have an evolutionary reason for existing, where did vampires manifest? From my knowledge over the many years of study, when God made Adam, he also made Lilith at the same time, from the dust and ash, to stand equal to Adam. Yet when she spoke out of turn, questioned both God and Adam, she was tossed from paradise to live in the wasteland. She survived out there. And when both Adam and Eve were banished from paradise and had two sons, Cain and Abel, Cain realised God favoured his brother, he murdered Abel and was thus punished to roam the desolate lands. It was here that he found Lilith, who taught him the ways to walk the path between godhood and mortality, thus birthing the first vampire. Again, this is a story, and who knows how accurate it is, if at all. Yet it still made me wonder just who or what was the first vampire. It became a study of mine as I was in my final year of school, a hobby to keep my mind from turning to mush over the professor's piling work on top of us. After school, though, and gleaning nothing of viable evidence, just more stories, I began to lose interest in the study. There is one person I shall mention. My dear friend, who lives across the states from me. Absolute sweetheart, yet religious as all heck. Nothing wrong with it, yet her beliefs and fear had her worried my studying such a monster, especially after the past I have shared with her in regards to my house, Freddie, and so on, would lead to my soul being damned. Why do I bring her up? Because well, she's a part of this story. One late night, not long after school was finished and my topic of study from hobby and curiosity losing its luster my friend pulled me awake via a phone call. At first I did not understand her panicked tone over the phone as I pulled my groggy ass awake yet as soon as I had calmed her down she spoke of a nightmare that she had had. She had dreamed of a tall man cloaked in shadow no details seen other than his eyes that glowed an eerie red. He did nothing but simply speak his desire to speak to me giving her my full name and then giving her his very own name before she had snapped awake and called me this was just a dream and I thought nothing of it really until the following day when my conscious brain registered how did she get my middle name at that point in my life I loathed my middle name and had told no one that right there was the red flag something was wrong with that Yet still I went on with my life and gave it little thought. A few days later another friend of mine was preparing to move to New York, so we decided to hang out one last time before his flight the following day. Due to how I grew up, I had learned to be sceptical, to question anything that could be paranormal. Why do I bring this up? Well, that night that my friend and I hung out, now bear with me as I lay out the surroundings, we ended up at a favourite small park. It is located at a dead end of a residential road where you park on the side of the road in the dirt. Walking down a rocky path about five feet wide, the length of a block, surrounded by trees and bushes, it opens up to a large grassy field surrounded by trees all around where there in the centre of the grass field is a dried out water drain bowl long since ceased being used for the surrounding neighbourhoods. As we walk down that rocky path, I pondered in my mind the man in shadow that my other friend had dreamed about a few nights prior. Recalling his name, I thought in my mind, fine. You want to talk? I dare you to show up. A hard lesson I learned that night. Never challenge dark entities.
1: No, no, no. No, 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 no.
0: Sitting on the edge of the water collection bowl, my friend and I just chattered about random things. Where he would be living, what our plans in life were, and so on and so forth. Within maybe 30 minutes of sitting there, yammering away, thousands of bats erupted from the trees, darkening the clear night sky. We stared in awe, but it's not paranormal. We write off quickly, seen as we're out on a summer night, in a forested area, and bats are very common. Soon they flitted away, and we kept talking. But then it all began to change. If you have ever been out on a hot, muggy day, you have felt how the air can be heavy, almost thick. That was how the air shifted, too soon after the bats had disappeared. The weather was not muggy, and it being night-time, held a touch of chill, yet was comfortable. This heaviness came on all of a sudden, and the hairs on the back of my neck stood on end as I felt something was off. Quickly, I rose to my feet and urged my friend to go back to the car that was down the rocky path that had been behind us. As he turned to leave, I turned myself with every intent to go back to the car, Yet something stopped me, locked me up, and I stood staring at a large dark tunnel that was one of the many hiking trails that were scattered through the tree line of the park. There he stood, a tall man in a long coat, a frilled white shirt, his face an ashen white, dark hair tied back, yet his eyes, while I felt them, I could not see them. Now most ghost sightings last half a second, ping and gone before you can register what happened. This man was standing there solid and unmoving. I felt my stomach drop, my body losing all feeling and I was beyond terrified. It was when the wind drifted through, his coat rustled in the breeze. I found my legs and ran the fuck away from him as he suddenly began to laugh. As I got back to the car my friend asked me, Who the hell was laughing? Hmm. Who was he? Was he really the man my other friend had dreamed about? Whatever the case, it terrified the fuck out of me and made me learn the lesson of never challenging something that is not human. One thing though, there is a reason I do not share his name, for if you speak it, he shows up in some way, be it someone crossing your path, a feeling, an icy claw down your spine, I cannot explain it. You just need to know that it is scary. Now then, to move forward and discuss the spindly creature, there I say a lighter topic. This story is from last year when I was camping by a lake out in the woods. It was a good trip, four days in the woods and away from the mundane loud bustle of society. Yet the final night after I went to bed I had a vivid dream of standing there along the beach front of the lake. And there, about fifty feet out in the water, a head rose up, followed with long, thin limbs, bearing two elongated claws. Pulling his upper body from the water, the slender creature looked at me and cocked his head to the side. Slowly he extended a long arm right for me, a single claw reaching forth, and I awoke. Now, nothing really notable of that dream, yet when I left my tent, there in the soft, and not far off ground was an imprint of a two-clawed foot Mm. that looked nothing like a deer and it was over a foot long. What? And you guessed it. It was Freddy. Oh. So what are your thoughts?
1: Um, yeah. Don't, Don't be challenging people. Don't be challenging bad people.
0: It's interesting because through doing this yeah. If I'd read this story, you know, six months ago, I would have been like, lol, that never happened. You are such a liar. However, there are such ridiculous parallels between stories from various different readers from all over the world, and that really freaks me out. Do you remember the one that we did last week of the girl who made a deal with the devil? Yeah. And this creature showed up with red yeah. eyes, and this girl had a dream about, uh, like, a man with red eyes, that she yeah. could see nothing else.
1: The really cynical side of me would say that that's not... That could have just filtered into... Psyche from reading other things.
0: What do you mean? So, as in, just from reading other things, these people are dreaming about them. Yeah. Okay. No, I got. I'm sorry, yeah. I was really confused there for a second. I don't My know if I. I well, well,
1: you didn't know quite rightly because I don't think I actually explained myself. I was just like psyche.
0: <laughs> like I haven't read loads of stories about dreaming about men in in like shadow with red eyes.
1: Ah, oh, but you have. You've already. You've but only since doing this podcast yeah.
0: is what I mean. Prior to that, I haven't read loads of stories like that. But maybe I guess if you're really interested, you're like trolling Reddit keeping up with the no sleep forums maybe then you'd read them more often
1: yeah and it's like quite common in artwork to have like black mist with red eyes and yeah i guess i'm not trying to disprove it because i actually believe it all but i'm just trying to play the cynical role if you're (laughs) going
0: so i had to pause briefly to talk to you about lilith what is what was your thinking about lilith
1: uh yeah that's that all that stuff in the um all that scripture that didn't make the scripture into it really fascinates me. Um, I just don't know enough about it, so it's, it's interesting. Yeah,
0: because the story of Lilith isn't in the Bible. No. But I met somebody a couple of months ago, I think, who was temping in our work. And she was writing a PhD about Lilith and the manifestation of Lilith in later literature.
1: Hmm there's loads of old ladies called Lilith. Do you reckon their mums like knew what they would do, what she was doing when they named? Them?
0: Probably not. I quite like the name Lilith actually. Yeah. And I think it's a cute name.
1: It's very Victorian though.
0: So what do you think of Freddie then?
1: I think I think Freddie's a dude. To be honest, like he's I don't know why, why
0: you fancy <laughs> Freddie so much. Like well, every I just, time we I talk feel about like... Freddie, you're like, oh, but he's a really good guy.
1: I feel like he's this really creepy creature, but I've, I've, I generally feel like he's just looking out for Susan. Like, I don't feel like it's a threatening thing. It's probably threatening if you get, like, if you get on the wrong side of Susan, I'd be worried about him.
0: What, that he'd come and get mm. you? Oh, yeah, nobody, nobody fuck with Susan. Mm. That's a really good point.
1: But I think, I feel like he's just looking out for her, so I don't think she's got anything to fear from him. It was just the way she spoke about it in that first story, like, in the other episode, where she was talking about, like, feeling like, welcome in the feeling calm yeah. in his
0: presence yeah she wasn't frightened of him
1: I think he's just like looking out for her but yeah if you cross season then you've got something to worry about
0: Freddie's gonna get <laughs> you that was creepy that is from the film though isn't it
1: yeah. Um wh-
0: as always like Susan thank you because I'm fascinated by you and your life and listening to these stories so please keep sending them in if you have any more you ready for story number two or person number two okay rather.
1: so this is not another season story
0: this is really short okay really really short and it comes from Rebecca
1: does it go like this One that I had a dream there was a ghost and it killed me
0: no but really good really good story well done thanks. I'm impressed with that thanks this story comes from Rebecca and are you ready
1: yes no mm. okay
0: this is my mother's tale my mother was the eldest of seven so, when she had to move back home with me and my brother at only 20, she arrived at a full house. People came and went at all times of the day. It was a wonder that there was enough room for Mum to have a room and for her kids to be in a separate room. My brother cried one night, as babies do, and my mother went to get him from his crib. As she stood by his crib, she realised someone was in the doorway behind her. Mm. As it was dark inside the room, with light from the hall coming in from behind the person in the doorway, she logically only saw a shadow. She called out, Oh, hi, Mike, as my Uncle Mike was due home about that time. As she said, Mike, she heard my uncle begin his ascent from the first floor. As Uncle Mike climbed the stairs, the shadow in the doorway dissipated. She said that all that was left was a glittery outline, which then faded. She picked up her baby, who slept next to her for the rest of the night. The end.
1: Oof. It's that watching thing again, isn't it? It's the watchers. The
0: watchers. Never heard of glittery watchers, though. No. That's, that's new. I'm I'm kind of impressed with that.
1: It's always... Your, your mind always goes to the first most logical thing, I think, in most instances, doesn't it? Like, oh, it must be...
0: Oh, yeah. Like, if I turned around and there was a shadow in the doorway, I wouldn't immediately be like, oh, it's a ghost. I would be like, oh, it's Dan. Especially oh, if this. Sh- or Bing, <laughs> especially if the shadow is backlit, because you're going to think, oh, I just, yeah. it's just because the light's on in the hallway. So it's really weird. Yeah. I kind of, I don't like those stories more than other ones because I don't know or she doesn't know how long that shadow was there watching her.
1: And whether it watches the baby all the time.
0: Whether it watches the baby all the mm. time. And the fact that you, and why it's watching the baby. The fact that you look at it and you, and you think, oh, it's, it's, you know, it's Mike, obviously. And then Mike comes up the stairs. Like, Ugh. oh, I don't like that.
1: That's disturbing. Yeah, but it's—I guess it's just a—it's just a shadow, isn't it? But you don't know that it's just a shadow. No, I mean not that it's not supernatural. But I mean it's not like. It no, but be... I mean you
0: said just a shadow. Like a shadow can hurt you. But you—if you're going to assume that something's paranormal, you also can't then assume that it doesn't have. You have to let me finish. Powers. I was okay, just going to say sorry, like sorry. it would have been
1: freakier if it was like oh a person or if yeah like if you could see if an actual person you didn't know who it was or if it spoke. Oh God, if it's
0: spoken, I wouldn't be having that. Are you ready for our last story of today? Mm, Okay. And this story comes from Gabriella, So thank you, Gabriella, for sending your story in. I just began listening to this podcast and it's been a real joy on my commute. I only left that in for ego reasons. Just FYI. (laughs) You You guys have a loving and calming feel and it's a great de-stressor. Side note, I'm American, but my girlfriend is from Dunfermline. I can never say that. Dun... Firm, Lynn. We've been going out for just over a year and listening to you two has really enhanced my UK vocabulary. So thank you. You are so welcome because we use a huge amount of colloquialisms that are very important and that people always get wrong. Yes. And they don't understand what we mean by things, but that's okay. Because you right. pick it up as you go it. along. So here's the story. My family is extremely female orientated. We have matriarchs, not patriarchs because most of us are women, and most of the women are badasses. My grandmother was one of the most influential people in my life. She died when I was 10, but she made that decade count. She was an ideal grandmother, and had an ideal relationship with my mother. Since her death, multiple members of my family believe they've experienced her presence, but never like this. Segway into a quick health history of my mom. My mom suffers from a reoccurring brain cyst that is, thank God, benign. However, it presses on the right side of her brain which causes seizures. None of her many doctors have found an efficient way to remove this tumour without literally going in over and over again every time it grows back. So basically, my mom undergoes full open brain surgery every couple of years. Yeah, it's a real bitch. Anywho, this is actually quite a light-hearted tale, so sorry for the dark bits. My mom was in the recovery room after her fourth surgery. My grandmother had died two years previously so this is the first surgery that she wasn't actually there for. The recovery room has very strict rules, one of which being that you can only have one family member visit you while in that section of the hospital and only for 30 minutes. My mother remembers being woken up by the nurse after the surgery. As usual, it was bright and loud. And as usual, she was very tired and very high. Considering this was not her first rodeo, she was very familiar with hallucinating while on these drugs along with all the other strange sensations that come with undergoing major surgery. So she didn't think much of my grandmother walking to the bedside, pulling up a chair and sitting down next to her. Missing my grandmother, and of course being more than stressed given the circumstances, my mum played along and carried on a full conversation with her. Mum recants that everything was just as she remembered, as if my grandmother had never left. My grandmother asked her how she felt, told her that things seemed to go well, but that they would hear from her surgeon soon. She talked about the hospital waiting room, told my mum my brother and I were just fine and waiting with my dad and even complained about the cafeteria food. They spoke for about 30 minutes or so. My mum said she felt my grandmother touch her multiple times, just rubbing her arm and holding her hand as usual. All in all, it was a really lovely hallucination. After a bit, she told my mum she was going to get going and that she loved her. She kissed her head and left. My mum said goodbye and drifted off to sleep. A while later, a nurse came in to check on my mum. She asked if she needed anything. Mum asked if the nurse could please call my father and ask him to come into the recovery room. The nurse said, Oh, I'm sorry, honey, but the rule is that only one family member back here. You'll have to see your husband once you're in your assigned room. My mum asked what she meant. And the nurse explained that my grandmother had just left. "But My mother is dead, mum said. And the nurse replied Oh honey you're on a lot of medication Your mother is just fine She was here not 30 minutes ago My mother continued to say that it wasn't possible And the nurse just kept insisting Saying my mom was confused because of her drugs Finally my mom asked the nurse To please check the visitor log Call my father and ask him to come And he would explain For some reason the nurse decided to go ahead And do as my mom asked She met my dad just outside the room And told him That mum was doing well, but he couldn't go inside because her mother had just been in there. Dad just said, well, that's not possible. My mother-in-law died nearly two years ago. The nurse was weirded out. She said, but how can that be? I, I saw her. She said she was Mary's mother and she was here to visit. Dad asked what she looked like. The nurse proceeded to describe my grandmother perfectly, down to the colour of her glasses, her body type, her hairstyle and colour. The log was checked, and sure enough, no one had signed in, so they let my dad through. My family is not particularly into the paranormal, but we're Catholics and very spiritual people. Whatever happened here only brings us comfort.
1: It's a lovely story.
0: I know, isn't that just gorgeous? It's amazing. I feel like I could cry. Yeah, it's really like, nice. Like, genuinely feel like and, I could and cry.
1: About, what, like, there's lots of stories about being visited by relatives when you're in that kind of situation. And obviously, her mum... Had the wherewithal, even though under the drugs, to realise that she was hallucinating or that it was... That's what she thought. Or she
0: thought it was hallucination. Yeah,
1: but it was the shared experience. So the nurse was there as well. Probably weirded her out more than the family because it was just a nice thing for the family, isn't it? It's a lovely thing to think about. It's really.
0: really nice to think that maybe it is possible that the people that you've lost mm. do look out for you mm. and they do come back and try and make sure that you're okay yeah. in those times of need. Yeah, absolutely. good God, open brain surgery, like...
1: And it's a very um, basic instinct within humans isn't it to when they're not feeling well things aren't going to want their mum
0: yeah it is
1: it's that maternal like, I mean
0: look if you have a good relationship yeah, with your mum
1: you yeah 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 absolutely and it
0: sounds like that family was based on strong women so yeah. the strong women would have had a strong bond with mm. each other and I just think it's so nice imagine that nurse yeah she I mean, must have been like not, fuck this probably not,
1: probably not so good for the nurse <laughs> that Actually. must have
0: been but I do wonder if if you're a nurse and you're listening like I've heard so many stories about things like that happening in hospitals all mm. the time and especially in nursing homes yeah when people come to clay or collect their loved ones when they're dying and yeah. stuff mm. how mad is that so if you're a nurse and you're listening please let us know let us know if this is true or not
1: it's a great story
0: I know thank you so much for three it's or a good
1: one to end on as well because it's not leaving me freaked out
0: for three amazing stories this week loved A mmm
1: Good, good, good. No Freddy's, no Freddy's fun. I like Freddy.
0: Are you ready for some reviews? Yeah. Review number one comes from Mama Will eighteen, and it's entitled "Love It." This is my new favorite podcast. Their accents are lovely, and their banter is so enjoyable and thoughtful. They've made me want to watch horror movies again. Hey. <laughs> Don't bother watching Midsummer though, because I knew that would you just were going to say him. that. <laughs> number two comes from Laura Lou a eighty eight, who entitled her review "Slightly Obsessed." So I found this podcast last week and I've listened to it every day on my way to and from work. I couldn't wait to get back into it on my way to work again this Monday. I've chewed my husband's ear off about this podcast and the hosts all weekend and even felt compelled to send in my own story to them. I've loved every episode so far and can't wait for the upcoming episodes. A good old healthy mix of laughs and scares. I think we read Laura's story a few weeks ago. Oh, really? I think so. I remember a story from a Laura. And finally... This review is entitled Love This Podcast and it comes from Lolos Lol, Cho I don't know. I, there you are. I tried. I tried really hard. Lolasaurus. La, no. Mm-hmm. I'm so invested in this podcast. I had an eight hour road trip with a friend and we came across real life ghost stories and must have listened for at least five hours straight. Good going. Since then I've been constantly listening and trying to catch up on all the episodes, but I'm definitely keen to see what the future holds for the two of you. It's also nice as a, as an English girl living in Australia, being able to listen to a bit of home. Keep up the episodes and we love these paranormal stories. Oh you guys I'm all emotional today. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Somebody messaged Early, uh, somebody messaged the Facebook group yesterday and said, "Please, can you do a list of all the films and the scores that you've given them out of five And I was like, "Absolutely." I'm pretty sure I have a list somewhere. I'll dig it out. And then somebody else commented, "Going right, give give Dan a chance because he's got, probably going to be really hungover today because it's his birthday weekend." <laughs> and actually, no, it's me that's really yeah. hungover. <laughs> me who always <laughs> says she doesn't drink, and when I'm hungover, I get really emotional. And I cry at everything. So now I feel like crying
1: don't cry let's finish it first. Then you can cry.
0: yeah no I'll cry afterwards okay. but I do feel like crying because I'm very thankful for all of our listeners yeah absolutely and how lovely you all are Yes. not only to us but also to each
1: other and thank you for all the birthday wishes
0: yeah there was millions of them
1: and for liking that photo of me looking extremely tired
0: oh, I thought it was a really nice photo of you <laughs> I liked it <laughs> Um, so yes if you want to get in contact with us you can do so on instagram at real life ghost stories podcast you can do so on twitter at real ghost pod but the problem with the twitter is that i very rarely use twitter so it's better to message me on instagram if you want to talk to me
1: yeah instagram seems to be the main thing for the pod social media
0: or the Facebook group, obviously, or the which, Facebook is group, which is popping all alive. the time. So, what is your Instagram handle?
1: Fifty uh, P Movie Club.
0: And we also have, as we said, a Facebook group. So, if you like our Facebook page, which is Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast, and join our secret Facebook group, which is Or LGS Super Answer the question: I'm Emma. He's Dan. That's all you need to know. And you can join in with our gorgeous community who share memes, stories. ...videos, film recommendations... ...all sorts of great things on a daily basis. And finally, we also have a Patreon. We do. If you want extra content for $5 a month... ...you can get an extra episode of Tiny Tales a week... ...which is more paranormal content for you. You can also get, if you sign up to the $2 a month tier... ...you can get our back catalogue of 50p movie club episodes which is a series that Dan and Will do. Dan, what's it about?
1: Um, I There's a shop in the UK called CEX, which is, I guess, a little bit like GameStop, where they sell secondhand stuff. And you get a 50p... There's a 50p aisle where there's loads of movies, and I go through picking random 50p movies, hoping that they're going to be so bad that they're good. And me and Will uh, talk about it for a bit, watch it, and then we review it.
0: Yes, and it's very good. I enjoy it. It makes me laugh every time I listen to it. So that's always a good thing. And... Yeah, if you want to sign up to our Patreon, you need to go to patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories slash. And on that note,
1: till next time, we
0: shall see you next time.
1: Goodbye.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more